You're listening to Video Monsters, a weekly podcast. Uh, well, uh, mostly weekly. Sometimes more, sometimes less. <sighs> All right, fine. A mostly weekly podcast of Creatures Talking Features with your hosts, Nathan Simmons and Eric Harris. Video Monsters is brought to you by the Chattanooga Film Festival and Central Cinema in Knoxville, Tennessee. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or online at chatfilmfest.org and centralcinema865.com. And links for each of these can also be found on our pages, so be sure to follow us at Video Monster Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Hello and welcome to episode 355 of Video Monsters. I'm Nathan, and I am joined tonight by Daniel Slatje. Slatje? Slat- God, you already told me and I already messed it up. Slatje. Slatje. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Slatje to discuss your short, The Rotting of Casey Culpepper, uh, yes. which played at Chat Film Fest a couple of weeks ago at the time of this recording. Great to be here, man. Yeah, thanks for joining me. Uh, I, I am super glad that, uh, that you're here tonight because I really really enjoyed the rotting of Casey Culpepper um, and when I say enjoy that's a weird way to describe it because it's it's not that it's dark it's just sad but a heartwarming sad um, so we're probably going to get into spoilers because I mean with the short film it's kind of hard to not talk about the end because you know like that's the, where the meat of it is so uh, for anyone listening who adores watching short films and wants to go into them as blind as possible, I definitely recommend checking out The Rotting of Casey Culpepper. Uh, it, it really brought me into it. It was one that uh, I, I think that my wife was able to watch it with me uh, during Chat Film Fest, and, and we were both just kind of had to sit with it for a minute after it was over. It's, it's like it's, it's good and it's happy sort of at the end, but so much weight gets you to the end. Mm. That, that I had to sit with it for a minute. Uh, but yeah, definitely recommend it. So if you love shorts and want to go in uh, to things blind, definitely check this out if you have a chance to. For those of you who have seen it or don't care about spoilers, uh, we're, we're going to dive into it. So with this short... Let me, let me just yes. say that to anybody yes. listening, we're, we're recording this in July of 2022. It's going to be available open to the public on alters youtube channel in a few months um but until then if you reach out to to me on social media or something i can help anybody you know get a link uh while we're waiting for that okay that release. awesome um, yeah and alter is a great place to check out shorts so oh yeah, uh, yeah. It's gonna be great. really glad that uh, that it's going to end up there because eyeballs it's going to be awesome yeah and and i want to watch it again so <laughs> it is good to know already yeah. that i am definitely going to be able to watch this again in the future yeah. Um, so yeah, this this is a very emotional story. So I want to start with just what was your inspiration to create this? Like, what was the drive to tell this specific story? And I'm going to follow it up with why did you tell it the way that you did? But I want to mm. start with just why this story? Yeah, I appreciate you asking that. Um, I've always been a big horror fan. We were talking a little before the recording started about you know, some of the DVDs I grew up on and uh since the time I was five years old, I've been obsessed with the horror genre. Um, I've always found it to be the most effective way to tell personal stories in a way that people actually give a shit about. Um, the format of horror itself allows you, I think, to be a little bit more visually inventive, 
uh, than say a drama or a comedy or certain other genres would. And I think the same could be said for sound design. You can, you can Mm -hmm. be way more inventive and creative with the soundscape as a filmmaker. Um, now as for why did I tell this story? I, I personally, I was ill, uh, in my adolescence, I had, uh, a hormone disorder. Now the, story of the rotting of Casey Culpepper is about a girl who is uh, combating uh, leukemia. She has cancer of the blood and she is undergoing chemotherapy treatment. And as she's undergoing this treatment, she starts to experience visions of a tumor covered monster that in the lore of my movie universe, we refer to as the tumor man. (laughs) Sure. Um, And Now, I wanted to take my experience with adolescent illness, the hormone experience that I was telling you about, and tell a story that tapped into the fear, the isolation, and the loneliness of that illness, and in as respectful a way as possible, tell that story that tapped into those emotions uh, in a more relatable and frankly, higher stakes way. And that's why I chose to tell a story that was about a girl uh, with cancer. Uh, Now, Nathan, you and I offline also talked about, you know, other various personal connections to cancer. So I wanted to approach it with as respectful uh, a lens as possible. Uh, And I also really wanted this movie to have a drama sensibility about it. Mm -hmm. It is important to me that even when dealing in genre that the movie sort of feels like a drama or gets you to care about the characters for the first half before later introducing the supernatural, which is something I've sort of learned from reading a lot of King over the years, you know, you get halfway through the novel before there's any introduction of the supernatural. Yeah. You you, got to care about the people to care what happens to them. If you jump straight into here's all of this horrific stuff, it's like, well, that's horrific. But if you don't care, then it's just, all right, it's horrific, but I don't care. So yeah, building those characters, which, you know, l- let me just take a quick sidestep. In yeah, a short, right. that's really difficult um, because a lot of short directors either want to give too much backstory and yeah. they end up giving you like a 45-minute short because there's so much that they're trying to get into the uh, into the characters. Yeah. Or they jump too far ahead and it's like, okay, let's just get, you know, uh, uh, let's just get straight to it and jump straight into the horror. So finding that mm-hmm. balance to get you to care quickly and then get to the, to the horrific elements so that you still care about what's happening. That's a really difficult balance. And, and I think that you did a great job with it. This was again, one that really stuck with me uh, when I was watching, or it, it really hit me when I was watching it and it stuck with me since then. So kudos on, uh, on finding that balance. Thanks man. Yeah. I, I think that if, if you check out the internet landscape of YouTube horror movies, there's, it sort of fits into two factions. There's the movies that have no character at all. And they're just sort of jump scare based. And they prove that you can pull off the mechanics of a jump scare. And then there's people that go completely in the other direction. And, you know, like you said, sometimes we don't really have time for that. So uh, finding something that had a bit of propulsion and uh, made you care about the characters, but also fulfilled some of the genre expectations was uh, it was a bit of a tightrope, so I'm glad it seems to be working. Yeah. 
Yeah, and like you said, we had talked uh, a little bit in our correspondence uh, about some of that personal history and why it hit me so hard is I've had people in my life that have had cancer, like very close. My, my sister had cancer when she was very, very young. Uh, she's my older sister, so I never actually experienced it when she was in the hospital, but it's something that affected and continues to affect like her entire life. And, yeah. and my dad had cancer. And you know, like there's been a lot of illness uh, in, in people that I've been very, very close to. And so this, this movie really, really hit me hard because it didn't feel like you were exploiting it. It didn't feel like, all right, I want to tell a horror story or I don't, I don't know, leukemia? Sure, why not? Let's just use that. It mm-hmm. felt like there was an understanding of how scary and horrific and just terrifying an illness can be and how it can very easily consume you without it being the entirety of your being. And and one of the things that I loved so much about this short was that along with actually caring about the characters, when the tumor man started to show up, when that supernatural stuff started to show up, it was showing up in a way that was enveloping everything. It's not like here's the real world and then here's this monster that is just invading into the world. The monster was completely reshaping the way that the little girl experienced the world. So yeah. when the tumor man was there, it was a completely different landscape. It was it was completely foreign to her because, yeah, a little kid going through something like this, they're not going to know how to navigate it. And she's like, oh, that's just the disease. Everything else is fine. It's this shapes everything that I know. And, and the way the way that you uh, shifted that landscape and the way that you kind of brought in all these supernatural elements, it made it feel so isolating and it made it feel so daunting and so horrifying. But I also love that you gave it a lot of hope. Like this wasn't a, Oh, well obviously the little girl's going to beat this. Like it wasn't, it it wasn't clear what was going to happen from the outset. And so finding again, finding that balance between showing how just fucking terrifying going through an illness like this can be not just for the kid, but for the family as well. But then also giving some of that hope and giving some of the, it's going to be a real fight, but maybe we can beat it. Even if we don't beat it, we have to try. Like we can't just give up. We we can't. And, and again, it felt like such a personal story when I was watching it in part because my own connections, but also it, it was clear to me that you were approaching the story and not just using it as a gimmick to, to put some cool effects on screen. So thank you very much for approaching yeah. it in that respect. No, thanks for saying everything you just said. In terms of the environment uh, altering, you know, midway through the movie, what happens is as Casey's condition worsens uh, and the monster grows stronger, the environment itself starts to sort of spread with this demonic decay that also has a natural overgrowth to it, which to me is sort of subtly, you know, insinuating that, or I'm trying to allude to there's this life and death circle and life thing going on, like life right. and death are intertwined. And that's why as this death imagery becomes more ubiquitous in the home, it's intertwined with life, trees, branches, uh, wood that is, is perforating through the walls and things. Um, I wanted to tell a story that was subjective as possible to Casey. So as, as she's getting more and more sick and becoming more and more afraid and questioning whether she's going to be able to stand up to this monster, the environment itself and the soundscape is shifting with her subjective, uh, perception of the world. Um, 
it did come from a personal place because back at the time when I was going through my, my hormone experience, you know, I, I was sticking two needles in my body a day. It was incredibly isolating. The doctors couldn't tell me whether or not I was ever going to um, have a normal life or, or be fully uh, healthy again. Mm-hmm. And it was a really dark time in my life and friends fell by the wayside. I felt like even family members didn't understand what I was going through. It was profoundly lonely, profoundly terrifying. Even the experts couldn't say whether or not um, I was going to turn a corner. And that is what I wanted to tap into. And uh, so, and not only the fear of that, but the isolation. And that's why I wanted to isolate Casey as much as possible. Yeah. And and again, that definitely came through. Like, again, it wasn't just scary because of the monster. It was scary because as her world shifted, it, it did feel so isolating. Uh, I'm really glad that you did use a lot of that natural elements and that you brought in some of those trees and life because, you know, like anyone who has ever uh, dealt with cancer or had someone who who has had cancer, you know, one of the treatments is chemotherapy, which Mm -hmm. it kills cancer, but it kills everything else in the process. So like the only for some people, uh, I recognize there's other treatments for it, but for the people who Mm -hmm. choose to go through chemo. The way that they are trying to uh, to you know defeat this monster is also destroying other parts of them, and so you know I, I don't know if that was necessarily intentional, um, like that very oh, specifically. Yeah. Oh yeah, but but yeah, like when I was watching it, it was like, yeah. yeah, this this growth is the it was almost like the environment was the treatment, and mm-hmm. like that was the cancer growing, and the chemo had to be killing that off, destroying some of her environment, but in that destruction, that was making room for some of that uh, new growth and, and new life. Definitely. And one of the things I'm most proud of in the movie is that, and it's all just told through visuals and a ballet of blocking and editing, but Casey and the monster sort of doesn't come out until the end of the movie, but they share a physical link between them. Mm-hmm. And so what hurts the monster also turns out to hurt Casey as well. And so for her to defeat the monster, she has to push through an immense amount of pain to come out strong, stronger uh, on the other side. So in that, you know, it's not really just a movie that is an allegory for cancer, but it's more so it's really a movie about the process of chemotherapy. Uh, What when the monster burns, Casey's skin is burning as well. So it's, it is it is a metaphor for putting poison in your body, having to endure that pain, having to find the courage and the bravery to subject yourself to that so that you can heal, not knowing if you're going to be able to have the strength uh, to push through. Mm. And it's all told through visuals and, again, blocking and the editing between the monster and Casey. You know, it's, it's, it's pure cinema, not to sound like a pretentious asshole, but that's why I feel like the people who get it are really actually digging it like a lot. And then I think that there's this other, you know, uh, faction of people that kind of just like, don't know what the hell's going on at the end. And I'm kind of okay with that. Like that (laughs) I made a movie that is a little bit polarizing because the people who seem to get it, get it and they dig it. And I'm really proud of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's the uh, classic adage about movies of show don't tell. Like mm-hmm. when all of this is happening during all of the scenes where the world is starting to change and, uh, you know, fighting the monster and it's how it's affecting her. If, if like the dad was there explaining to her, now you have to go through this treatment. I know it's going to hurt you, but it's going to be better for you in the long run. Like if he had been there explaining it, 
Yeah, man. It 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 would have it wouldn't have had the same impact. Now, uh, how old was um, the the character? Not necessarily the actress, but how old was the character supposed to be? Yeah, that's a good question. The character was supposed to be nine, and the actor at the time was, was eleven. Okay, so you know, nine years old. That's definitely old enough to understand things, but also not old enough to understand things at all. So it would have been very yeah. natural to have the dad saying, look, I know that this hurts. I know this sucks, but this is why we still have to go through it. That would have been a normal conversation to have. But in the language of cinema, that would have slowed things down so much. And so so I'm, I'm glad that you understood that and, uh, and approached it that way of I don't need him Absolutely. to tell her it's going to hurt. It, just show that it hurts. I don't exactly. need the, the explanation. Yeah, experience. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's okay to just kind of give the impression of something you don't need to dramatize everything you know and break it down into it, it, that's what's beautiful about cinema and even right now as i'm developing the feature and i'll hold my tongue a little bit but <laughs> you know there's 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 various people in my life asking me you know to add certain bits of dialogue here or there or sometimes you know you'll notice in the short film there's sections where the movie pauses and we go to what i call my expressionism shots and it goes to hyper slow motion and the set even changes a little bit mm -hmm. and it sort of pauses the movie. And it's like this subjective uh, five seconds of showing what the, um, the moment feels like to Casey in a way that like a photographer would, but using sure. hyper slow motion and, you know, just fantastical lighting. And, and so I have a few of those moments in the feature version of the script too. And people are like, I don't know exactly what this shot is saying. And it's, it's like, well, that's the point. It's supposed yeah. to be ineffable. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to, you're not supposed to be able to articulate it. It's, you know, it's, it's better than words. It's, it's what this mo a moment feels like to the character. And as a visual artist, I'm expressing that through this hyper slow motion shot for five seconds. If you were able to simplify it in a reductive way to like, this is what the shot means then I'm failing and like we don't, we don't need that shot. So I really appreciate that you, that you, that you're, uh, you like the visual aspect of the movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one thing. Um, I, I definitely love that. And I'm glad that you're approaching it with that mindset because yeah, movies are supposed to evoke emotions. They're not supposed to explicitly spell out. This is exactly how you're supposed to feel in this moment. The, uh, what frustrates me is when people go so far to the other extreme of, I'm just going to add in a really cool visual. All right. What does it mean within the context of this? It right. looks really cool. Sure. But like, this is an emotional movie. So how does this actually connect to the right. story that you're telling? <laughs> it looks really cool. That bugs me when, when the people who are making the movie, you know, whether it's the director or writer or even the actors, you know, how they're approaching the scene, it bugs me when there's no understanding of the people who are making it of why does the scene matter? Exactly. I don't have to know why it matters to them as long as there is something to actually bring it in so that it is cohesive. Like that yeah. to me is what makes a movie great. And, and yeah, like you don't have to spell it out as long as you know what you're doing. That yeah. I think, you know, really elevates movies from just a, Hey, it looks cool to it is cool. And it means something. Yeah, it should elevate the moment. You know, it shouldn't. It yeah, shouldn't exactly. Be random. Yeah. Uh, I I know that we're we're running a little short on time, but I also wanted to ask about the relationship with the dad because uh, it seemed like it was a very strong connection. It seemed like the dad was very supportive and was uh you know wanted to be there as much as possible. It wasn't just like a, all right, you're sick. I'm gonna go buy a pack of smokes. Like it seemed like a very close connection. Yeah. 
But if I remember correctly, because at this point it's been a couple of weeks and I watched way too many movies during Chat Film Fest, but there was a lot of Casey alone. There, there wasn't, mm-hmm. the, the dad wasn't present throughout the entire film. Um, I'm remembering that yeah. correctly, right? Like he was gone for a hefty chunk of it, just not uh, going through the exact yeah, experiences, they, right? They start, they start together. And in fact, the movie opens with, you know, them in a two shot. And then they get pulled apart over the course of the movie. And so then in the second or third scene, uh, you know, it, or right away we see sort of, you know, be uh, standing by Casey's side and to, to be going through this with her. And then, but then we see, you know, there's that scene about he gets her Yankees tickets for her birthday. And she says, you know, when is it? And he says, the game is going to be in October. And, and, she says, what if the Yankees don't make it to October? And he says, well, the Yankees always make it to October, right? But we, we kind of see that he's not really fully aware of how, of the fear that she's experiencing. And she, she's trying to hide him, for, hide that fear from him too. Um, and then what happens at the midpoint of the movie is that the uh, force of the monster snatches him away. And actually puts him into what is, you know, kind of like a nest, like you would see in aliens or something. And so the father is in the background, unable to help Casey for the majority of the of the climactic fight. Mm-hmm. And to me, that too is, is an extension of the metaphor of, of what's it like as a parent to have a parent uh, to have a kid going through an illness and not being able to help them in any way. Yeah. And so that's why Lonnie, the father, is kind of bound up and he's unable to help. Um, it's just, it's supposed to be a metaphor for not being able to help your kid. Yeah. And, and, and again, I love that. Um, I, I love that the father was present the entire time. Like he didn't abandon her, but like you said, yeah. he couldn't go through treatment for her. He couldn't like, he couldn't do anything. And so that fear of just being stuck of what am I supposed to do? Uh, yeah, that, that definitely, uh, definitely came through. So I think that it's fascinating that you just said, that the dad wasn't fully aware of all the fears that, uh, that Casey had, because when I watched the scene of, um, uh, you said Yankees, right? Who, who, which team did you say? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, they're Yankees. Yeah. So when he said, when he said the Yankees always make it, I read that scene as the Yankees are Casey. And so when she was like, but what if the Yankees don't make it? And he, it, like, that was her saying, what if I'm dead by then? And the dad saying, oh, yeah, the Yankees always make it. I didn't take that as he was oblivious to her fears. I took that as he was saying yeah. to her, you, like the Yankees, are going to beat this. You're going to make it to the end. There's no question about yeah. why I'm buying these tickets this far in advance. You're going to make it. So it's it's yeah. fascinating that you're like, oh, no, that. he didn't quite yeah. understand all that she was going through. Because yeah. I, I took that as he very deeply understood. But he was trying to dis- not distract her, but... Give her that hope in, and again, a very yeah. human way of here are these tickets several months from now that you are going to yeah. go to rather than having to have that prolonged, uh, overly emotional conversation of don't worry, you're going to make it through this because you're a fight. Like <laughs> that to me is one of those things that, that really conveyed all that emotion it. in, in mm-hmm. shorthand. So, uh, so yeah, there's, there's more meaning in this movie than, uh, than yeah. you even intended it. <laughs> good, good. Uh, yeah, um, I, wanted, I wanted that moment to be uh, obviously the subtext of uh, Casey's really asking if she's going to make it to October, and I, I totally agree with you. I think there's there's 
uh, whether or not Lonnie is aware of the subtext there or not, I think can be read both ways. And I, I, I love hearing what you just said. Yeah. Well, for, for me, he definitely understood and it was trying to, you know, again, not distract, but give a, a, a pleasant thing to focus on rather than yeah. just focusing on the treatment. Um, all right. I, I know that we're very, very short on time. I want to make sure to address anything that whenever you talk about this film, like anything that really burns within you of, I need to make sure that I talk about this anytime that I discuss it. Is there anything like that, that you want to make sure uh, to mention or address or to make sure that people know or understand about this film uh, that, that we didn't already touch on a little bit? Particular, you know, I, I, I think you got it. And, uh, you know, it's been a great conversation. I, I just, I hope people listen to this and hopefully by the time it's out, maybe the altar link will be up and people can actually uh, search it and find it. And hopefully they like the movie. Yeah. And uh, once it does show up on altar, let me know and I will definitely uh, sure. be sharing it out because again, I, I really, really love this short. It was yeah. very heartfelt. It was very, it, it, it's not that it was scary, but it was definitely tapped in to a, a very deep emotion uh, in, in, a vo- in a visual as well as, uh, again, just very emotional way. Uh, well, Dan, yeah, I yeah. wanted to make something that was both scary, but also beautiful, you yeah. know, and, and that's that's what we were trying to do. And, and I will say we're also developing it pretty actively into a feature right now. I have a, I have a good partner, a really great producing partner, and we're we're trying to uh, get this thing shot in the summer, next summer. So um, I'll keep you posted as that comes together as well. Please do. I would love to see how this gets expanded out. Um, all right. Yeah, I've, I've loved talking to you. I really wish that we could uh, talk even more about this and dive even further into a how long was the short? I don't remember the runtime of it. 15 minutes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So. I, I wish that we could have uh, uh, Divin. That's not a word. I wish that we could have spent even more time going even deeper into a 15 minute short. Um, but we did at least touch on, you know, the, the very, uh, the very important uh, broad scopes of why I love this short and why I think people should check it out. Uh, so Daniel, where do you want people to follow you? Where can people find out more information about the writing of Casey Culpepper? Um, if, if you have any sort of like GoFundMe or Patreon for the, um, for the feature, where can people support that? All of the, uh, the social media and self-promotion-ing that, uh, that you do. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, at Daniel Slache on Instagram. Uh, yeah, just no spaces, uh, Daniel Slache. That's really the only platform that I that I use. There's no GoFundMe or anything like that. We're, we're starting to pitch it, the feature around town now. So we're taking that approach to it. Um, but yeah, you feel free to connect with me on Instagram. And uh, uh, again, the movie will be up on YouTube in the coming months. So. All right. Awesome. Uh, and you can follow me slash the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Video Monster Pod. You can also follow me personally on Letterboxd at The Gargyle. That's G-A-R-G-Y-L-E because it's a gargoyle wearing an Argyle sweater because I'm a massive nerd. And I'm proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear even more in-depth interviews with uh, with some of the directors and and stars of some of the features and shorts that screened at Chat Film Fest, be sure to keep coming back for the ones that are about to be released and make sure to go back and check out our back catalog for the ones that have already been released. At the time of this recording, I don't know where it's going to fall in in that timeline, so I don't know how many we've done at this point and how many are left to be released. 
Uh, but yeah, uh, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Check out our Chat Film Fest coverage, and then be sure to keep coming back for our just general in-depth analyses that we do on uh, on the rest of the films throughout the rest of the year. And um, if you use Discord, join us in Discord. The link for that is, is posted in the description. So follow us there and be a part of the discussions of cinema just throughout the week. All right, Daniel, once again, thank you so much. This was an absolute blast. I'm really looking forward to the feature. I'm really looking forward to any other shorts that you create. Uh, again, I definitely really connected this film, and that's what cinema is about, and that's why I love it. So thank you for creating Thanks. a beautiful piece of art. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate uh, that, you, that you liked the movie, and uh, it's been great talking to you. All right, awesome. That's been it for this episode of Video Monsters, where we take movies seriously, but not ourselves. Good night, everybody.